Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. So uh, if you can, uh, Luke chapter 5, I just feel like if I could kind of give you a prophetic message today. I believe uh, there's a story about Peter when God called Peter about launching his boat into the deep. And I'm going to read the story to you, but basically what happens is the day, they have the greatest day they've ever had in their vocation. They caught more fish than they've ever caught. It was the most lucrative day in the history of their business, and they were willing to walk away from all of it. And I want you to think about this. How good would God have to be that on the greatest day in the history of your business, you go, I want to follow Jesus. That's what I'm reading to you about today. It's really powerful. And I believe it's prophetic because there is a catch of not fish. Listen to me. There is a catch of people that Jesus himself is going after in Orange County and going after in the state of California. And you mark my words, this catch is going to be so extreme that we're going to have to signal for our partner states. And we're going to have to say, Arizona, come help us out. Nevada, get in here. And the West Coast is going to be so full of the glory and the power of God that, come on, we're going to sink four or five states with the revival of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. And I get it. A lot of preachers don't talk like this anymore. We've kind of settled for the status quo. Let's just get people to heaven. I think we got to keep fighting to invade heaven to earth. We're not giving up on our land, our people, our friends, our family. I think that's why God chose these fishermen. I think God chose fishermen because fishermen aren't quitters. Fishermen are courageous people. I think God chose fishermen because they actually, uh, they're daring individuals. They're, they're, they're riskers. You can't be a fisherman and not be patient. That's why I don't fish. We catch anything yet? Nope, I'm going. Fishermen are faithful. They're determined. Fishermen, they actually have this mentality that they'll do whatever it takes. They'll work with others in the boat to get people in, to get stuff in, to get, get fish in. I really do believe, I just wrote some notes down here, is that, that fishermen are dedicated to one thing, and they're not content until they accomplish it. Listen to me. I'm not talking about catching fish in California. I'm talking about what Jesus said to Peter and the disciples. You follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You know what the difference between catching fish and men is? When you catch a fish, you reel it in alive, and when you catch it, it dies. In God's kingdom, we reel in dead, dead people, dead souls, dead marriages, people that are dead in trespasses. And by the time God gets them into the ship, into the net called the church, they're living again. And that's the power of even John 21 that, gee, I feel like just preaching already. I don't John 21. You know, it's amazing to me is, is John 21, Peter catches the fish in the net. He threw his nets on the right side, which I believe there's always a right way. He threw his boats not on the wrong side, but on the right side. And when he threw his nets in, two years after the story I'm going to read to you, notice what happens. 
is he dragged the nets that were so full of fish, 153 of them, that the nets were about to break. And I love the fact that the very person that denied Jesus, and the nets represent the church, and the fish represent the people, and guess who had the opportunity of dragging the fish through the church onto Jesus on the shore? It was a denier. It was a betrayer. It was, it was, it was Peter. And I believe today some of you that didn't think that you could be a part of the church, be used by God to catch people in this day and age, God will use you to bring those fish in. Can I get a good amen? Read this with me. It says it was the multitude pressed about Jesus. 11 verses out of Luke chapter 5. They came to him to hear the word of God. Why did they come to hear what? Why did you come today? Come on, say with me, the word of God. So they hear the word of God, and it says that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the same lake as uh, the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias. And it says that the two boats were standing by the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Say with me, washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the multitude from Simon's boat. When he stopped talking... He said to Simon, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. I believe that the same unusual request God made to Peter then, he's actually making to the church today in California now. Peter Peter goes, "Um, Master, uh, if revival's happening, it's probably going to happen somewhere else than California. Probably going to take place in Texas or one of those states that people just go to church even if they don't know you it's probably gonna happen there it's very easy that peter could have had that response but notice what he says master even though we've we've toiled all night we've prayed for california for a long time it's been dark um we haven't caught much of anything nevertheless i love that word it's so full of faith say with me nevertheless We've been praying for about, uh, I don't know, 2,000, I don't know, 3,000 years. I mean, maybe 200 years, maybe, maybe the last 100 years in America, in California. We've been praying for a long time, and nothing's happened, but nevertheless. At your word, Jesus, we're going to go to Orange County. At your word, we're going to let down the nets. And when they had done, say it with me, done. I want you to know that we have to not just believe, we have to do something. He didn't say well thought, good and faithful servant. Well theorized, well conceptualized. He says, well, God goes with doers and does with doers, and he he goes with goers. Well done. And they caught a great number of fish, and the net was breaking. They signaled for Nevada and Arizona and other boats to come and help them. And they came and they filled up both states, both boats. That they began to sink with souls. Sorry, this is just kind of what I feel in my heart today. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell to his knees. He said, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. I want to bring your attention to this idea that Jesus never told Peter, turn or burn, sinner. But he did turn. But it wasn't a message of condemnation and shame that converted his heart. It was a good day of fishing. There's no record of a sermon, only a record of good fishing. God will speak your love language to show you his kindness. And when he overwhelms your business, 
surprises you with a spouse that's out of your league? Hello, church. I believe the goodness of God is what leads us to turn to him. Keep going here. Saul, he fell down at his feet and said, depart from him, a sinful man. For him and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. They were astonished that they had taken in James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Jesus said, don't worry about it. From now on, you're going to catch people. They left the greatest catch in the history of fishing for them, and they followed Jesus. God, I pray for the next 20 minutes, real quick message, that you would move mightily. Thank you for the people that already turned to you. Thank you for a couple more that are going to turn to you at the end of this thing. And thank you for the bodies that are being healed, the hearts that are being restored, and the minds that are being even cured today. Addictions that are being broken. We love you. Pray you bless the day. Bless the message and the Lakers in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 I feel like this so strong. I want you to say this inside, outside. Inside, outside. Inside, outside. I, um... I believe, you know, if I could, if I could just kind of shift a little bit here and, and make light of something uh, from, a, from a comedic standpoint, I think that the problem with social media is the same problem we have with Zillow today, that Zillow is showcasing the best aspects of homes that aren't that great. Can I get an honest amen? And my problem with Zillow is, is the same people that are running some of these Instagram accounts they're, they're, they're duping you into showing up to these homes that look great in the pictures. You ever seen someone on social media that looked like just like a supermodel? And you meet them in person, you're like, you look like me. <laughs> you expect a little bit more. I had that same encounter. We've been looking for houses, and I'm, you can look at houses, and I'm like, my gosh, that backyard looks delightful. And you get there, and the pool is the size of a lawn chair. This thing look huge in the pictures. And you get to some houses, and I'm shocked at, you go to the outside, it just seems like it's rare to find homes that are as nice on the outside as they are on the inside, or vice versa. We seem to find houses that we love the, back, the outside backyard, and we're like, oh my gosh. And the front picture on Zillow, what's it of? The best feature. Of course, Right? So they lure you into the half a million dollar swimming pool. And then you show up excited and you go inside of the house and they have turquoise tile. There is shag carpet in the master shower area. I don't know if it was a thing. If you're here, if you were maybe a builder in the 70s and the 80s, was there a meeting that someone convened? Hey, guys, bring it in. Come on, guys. We're going to change Orange County. Let's, let's put carpet. We want to foster an environment that mold feels welcome. Okay? We're going to put shag carpet in master bathrooms. And uh, let's find... What's the ugliest colors you can think of? We're going to paint our neighborhoods with those, with those colors. Yeah, peach? Yeah, let's make the whole... Let's make all of Laguna Niguel peach. Just turn the whole thing peach. Turquoise tile, Perfect. Multi-million dollar views, perfect. Ugliest house on earth, yes. Yes. And we move in. People put half a million dollars. I don't understand California. I'll be honest. I don't understand us. We'll spend a half a million dollars on our pool, and we'll leave the shag carpet. I'm no mathematician. I'm like, this is a small investment. It's a high return. 
and I've been going to these places in the inside, or you find a house that is beautiful inside. Some of these new neighborhoods, beautiful inside. And you walk in the backyard, and the backyard's the size of a twin mattress. I think I might be able to lay over one time. Might be enough room in that backyard to roll over on my side. Like, what's going on in Cal? Like, what can we get? Can we get something that is as pretty on the outside as it is on the inside? And I, as I was praying this week, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, Mark, tell my people this, that my desire is that their faith would be as pure on the inside of them as it is by the way they live their lives on the outside. We have many, many people, man, that have beautiful outsides in Orange County. You got multi-million dollar swimming pools. And you go inside your house and you got this nasty shag carpet. And I feel like that's a picture in many ways of what California's climate's like, spiritually. Is man, we have, we have houses and model spouse, but if you saw the quality of our relationship with God, it's moldy shag carpets. And I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, tell my people that we can change the inside to make it look as good as the outside. Come on, who wants that in Orange County? I believe God is summonsing a region to have a relationship that's as beautiful on the inside as it is as some of your lives are on the outside. Shocks me. I talked to one guy this week, goes to our church. He's really influential and famous in the music world. And he talked about, he said, Mark, I had, I had a couple weeks ago what I thought would make me happy when I was growing up. Saying out with beautiful girls, broke up with my longtime girlfriend, was that beautiful girls at a club. We ended up going to a strip club afterwards. We went to a we went to this place. We ended up on a yacht the next morning. I'm out on the sea with beautiful women. He goes, I, 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 I'm on a yacht with, with these wealthy people, with, with all this stuff. I thought this was the pinnacle of life. He says, on the yacht with the models, I was emptier than I've ever felt. I thought at 13, 14, 18 years old, this is it. Only to find that I was more empty than I've ever been in my entire life. He said, I heard God's voice say, there's more to life. He would cry out to God on a Saturday night and say, God, if you are real, show me. And one of his buddies would text him that night, 45 seconds later saying, do you want to drive to Orange County tomorrow and go to church? Showed up on Easter and got saved got baptized last Sunday. We serve a God that hears the cries of people. Can I get an amen? This is the God that we serve. And many people, they, they, they're thriving on the outside. Oasis swimming pools, palm trees, and come on, veneers and Botox. I'm not throwing rocks. Come on, if the barn needs paint and paint that thing. Come on, somebody. I believe this, that God's desire is that the inside of our soul, our spirit, John said it this way, I pray that you would prosper. I pray that you would be in health, even as your soul prospers. John basically knew a secret that at the inside of your life, was as dynamic as you wanted the outside to be. Eventually, your outsides would look like the insides. I believe faith. Say with me, faith. Faith is an inside job. 
Religion always tries to conform people from the outside to the inside. Jesus puts a seed of faith deep in you that grows out of you. It's kind of like when your wife gets pregnant. Can I get an amen? No one tells your wife to come on, start showing with your, you know, start changing your appetite, start, start altering your wardrobe. Listen, the life in your wife changes all those things naturally. Who remembers going to the, the, the sonogram? Is that what it's called? Ultrasound. Sonogram is what the smart people call it. I went to the ultrasound. remember going in there with my wife. Nurses hated me because I, I, I like to laugh. And I would walk in, and they'd always weigh my wife when she goes in. And my wife is obviously beautiful, and, you know, she's supermodel. And so I would just like to get a rise out of her. But the nurses didn't appreciate it because she, she got on the scale, and I'd go, big money, big money, big money, big money. <laughs> I was gaining more weight than she was, being honest. She was on bed rest. But we went into the ultrasound. They put the little, uh, the little deal on her. They got the, you know, the gel out. Can we all agree that's the most obnoxious noise on earth? They start swishing their... <laughs> you know what's amazing is that ultrasound was able, that technology was able to, to put, put a, a sensor here and somehow on a TV screen put a picture of what was inside of my wife. You know what faith is? Faith in God is when you, if someone had the ability to put uh, uh, God had to really put something on your heart and on the screen, what would pop up that you're believing God for? I'll tell you right now, if you were to put an ultrasound thing on me right now, you wouldn't find a baby. Just want to clarify that. Even though I feel like I'm getting a little pregnant right now. Yeah. Get rid of the summer coat. Uh, but you know what you would find if you put ultrasound on me right now spiritually? Is on the screen, you would see Orange County revived. On the screen, you see headlines on the L.A. Times, New York Times, Washington Post, revival in California. You can see what's in here. You see churches of hundreds of thousands of people throughout the state of California. Churches, headlines like this, uh, local churches renting out stadiums on Sundays. Local church in Orange County buys Angel Stadium. If you could see the headlines that I see, I got it inside of me. There's a church, man, of, I, there's 3.2 million people in Orange County. I'm greedy for every soul. I'm not, I'm not okay with any one of those people not knowing Jesus. And we're not the only church that's going to reach it, but we're going to be one of them. Hear me today. You know what faith is? Faith comes, listen to me very clearly. Where does faith come from? It comes from God. Do you know why some of you right now, you can feel the doubt and the jadedness shaking off of you, the negativity? I don't know. I'm starting to kind of believe what this guy's saying. It's because faith comes by hearing, hearing what? God's words. Romans 10, 17 says, what you hear. And I want you to know that faith is airborne. Doubt is airborne. Fear is airborne. And the only thing that spreads faster than faith is fear. And I'm telling you, I'm, I, we're not going to be, you mark my words, we are not a people that are going to live in fear. I get messaged all the time. I know that California is crazy right now. I read the same headlines that you read. I see the same garbage being pushed through our government right now. I see the same darkness trying to invade our lands. 
remove our rights and freedoms. Listen to me. But I'll tell you this right now. We're not going to cower in fear. Can I get an amen? A brilliant man by the name of C.S. Lewis said, during the days of the atomic bomb scares, he wrote this in the, in the middle of the 1900s, and he said this, if we are going to be destroyed, hear me, if we are going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb find me doing something sensible and human. Let that bomb find me praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, and playing tennis chatting with my friends while I'm playing darts, not huddled around together, frightened sheep, thinking about bombs. They might break our bodies. A lot of things can do that, but they will not dominate our minds. We are faith people. Are you hearing me, Orange County? I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And faith is an attitude. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's a substance. It's a desire of a substance. You know what my desired substance is? It's awakening. It's that every one of God's kids would know that they have a creator. You weren't some cosmic accidents. You didn't evolve from apes. I have never seen someone park a Range Rover in a field and four million years later, it turned into a turtle. You hearing me? And I'm tired of the anti-logic that says that God did not do what he said he did. In the beginning, God created everything out of nothing. Listen to me. You know what powerful things are? Is God's words. You know why God's word is so powerful? Because, listen to me, language was not, the primary function of language was never to communicate. The primary function of language was to create. God spoke to nothingness. Let there be your words have the power to create. And I know that we've seen people abuse this in the church world, the name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and the ultra hyper spooky spiritual word of faith crazies. But make no mistake about it, wherever you see controversies, usually there's some truth there. And I would tell you before God that there is power in what you believe about God. I would go on the record to say that what you think about God is the most important thing that you think. If you see God as angry and belligerent and stingy and negative and vindictive, that's how you pray. That's how you interact with God. If you think he's some just like, like just hater of humanity. I had one mentor that said, you know what? I was Buddhist. I thought Jesus was fake. I cursed God. And when I started reading my Bible on my deathbed before Jesus healed me, I found one powerful truth that nowhere in the Bible did Jesus hate sinners. I didn't find one verse in the Bible about Jesus hating screwed up people. He said, on the contrary, I found a God that actually healed sick people, that loved prostitutes, and actually evicted darkness that people that were demonized. I didn't find a mean Jesus. I found a welcoming, loving Jesus. Where does faith come from? Say with me, it comes from God. You know where you get faith? It's by reading this book. Well, just a boring book. No, 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 no. You might be reading it with a boring attitude. I want you to know that your Bible, like your TV, only works when it's plugged in electricity. The electricity of the Bible is faith. You know what I do when I read the Bible? Before I even open the pages, I say, God, speak to me as I read this verse. As I read this chapter, meet me where I'm at. 
Some of you, you have more faith in billboards. You say, God, speak to me, and you see a Belize billboard, and you're like, I think God wants me to move to Belize. You're not living by God's word. You're living by these weird feelings and signs and license plates. We people that think they're spiritually mature. God, what's God been speaking to you? He's been speaking to me about Nevada. He's like, keep seeing Nevada license plates. I'm not saying that God can't confirm with that, that thing, but the primary source of God's voice must be his word. Period. Well, well, what about those crazy people that said that they heard God's voice when they did something awful? If, if they say they heard a voice that contradicts God's written word, it's not God. Hear me. God never says anything to us that's contrary to what's written in that book. Well, God told me to shoot somebody. God told me to do this or do that. If it's not in that book, it's not God. So homie on the news might have been hearing a voice, but it wasn't God's. Are you still with me today? Faith comes by, say it with me, hearing. Where do we get faith? Faith comes from the God's word. It comes from the Bible. And many people have no faith because they never spend any time with God in the Bible. Do you know how important faith is? It says that 50% of salvation is connected to not only what you say with your mouth, but what you believe in your heart. Do you know the Bible says the just live by faith? It says we're supposed to walk by It says we're supposed to fight the good fight of. It says that you can't please God without. You go down the roster of things and it's like, wow, God, you're actually interested in people that have a belief in you. You know what confidence in man is? Man confidence. You know what confidence in God is? Faith. Faith is when you go, God, I can't do this, but you can. And today, I want you to know that faith is Faith is what we are all born with a measure of faith. Yes. Romans 12, 3 says to each one, God was given a measure of faith. Yes. You know why some of you have really weak faith? Because you never exercise it. Yes. Faith is a muscle. Yes. Believing God is a discipline. And you say, God, I'm single and I'm ready to mingle. Come on. Yes. But God, I believe that you can bring someone amazing into my life. Yes. God, I'm broken, but I believe that you can put me back together again. God, I came from darkness, but you can lead me into the light. Hear me. Faith is a muscle. And if you start involving God, what will happen is you read the Bible. You listen to him. Like Peter, you're going to go, God, you're telling me to go out into the deep. And the only reason I'm respecting you is I just got done listening to the words of God. Peter had the faith to believe a carpenter when he gave him fishing advice. Because he listened to God's voice faith comes by Jesus was on his boat preaching are you still with me today I'm almost finished I want to tell you today that God's desire is the inside of us would honor his voice and when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit the second thing that's going to happen is God will give you faith and faith will always give you sight for something that's not here yet if you can if you already see it physically it's not faith You don't hope for things that you already have. Faith is associated with things that we don't possess yet. Faith is a substance of things. I'm hoping for it. I don't possess it yet. And I believe that God wants you to know this, that that faith sees God at work. It's a picture of the future. Faith is when they put the sonogram on your stomach and they see the picture of your destiny on the screen. 
God wants us to actually be people that have they have they have God's desires in our in our stomach. We're I'm pregnant with God's dreams and visions for my for my future. And I know you're not a pastor, probably, but if you're a businessman, God wants to put dreams inside of you. I'm almost done. How many give me five more minutes? Five minutes? Five, ten, fifteen? Think that's what I need to fix. Listen, listen. I believe in, in Idaho, God put inside of my wife and I, through our pastors there, a vision of Boise State's University being revived. 21,000 students. I said, God, I want at least 10% of them. And literally, over the span of from 2008 until we moved in 2018, we saw 18,000 kids get saved in our youth ministry. I saw a revival hit Boise State. I said, God, I want to have the most godly football program in America. I want people to turn down scholarships at Alabama and Oklahoma, not because our team's better, but because the climate of faith is better. That day would come that we would have, we'd have athletes, top recruits in America. Dads were pastors, moms were Christians, and said, baby, you're going to Boise State because they have a great team, but they have a, a godly college. They have a godly football program. We started with one football player, but I'm telling you, it was revival was in my, was in my belly. I saw our football team. I saw holy peer pressure. I saw guys not pressuring each other going, you're not going to the strip club tonight. I saw guys going, you're not going to church tonight. What's wrong with you, idiot? Come on. Putting the pressure on people to serve God. And lo and behold, one long snapper would come to our church. He would invite a slot receiver named Chris Potter. Chris Potter would invite Ebo McKende. And then they would invite three other players and four other players and Dylan Lukehart and Corey Bell. And we would see a revival hit the football team. One night we had 27 players get saved and get water baptized in their clothes spontaneously. Did a Bible study with 65 players almost every week. Guys like Jay Ajayi that won the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Got, got spirit filled at our summer camps. I could tell you stories of revival that I've seen with my eyes. And I said, God, if you could do it at a college level in Idaho, what would you do in, in California? What would you do with a church that would treat Sundays like summer camps? What would you do with a church that says that you can still do what you did in the book of Acts today? We had nights that we had 1,700 students show up in one night. 300 kids would get saved in one night in our theaters. I believe if God could do it in Idaho, small Idaho, what would he do in Orange County? You put the sonogram on my stomach, I'm telling you, you'd see revival in Orange County. you see headlines. You would, you would see that the trends would become godly. That it would become culturally, this is the way we should live. Let's serve God. Let's believe in right and wrong. Let's live for what's righteous. Let's honor the king. Come on. People, I, I'm telling you, I see it. What do you see when you close your eyes? I'll tell you what I see. I see churches that are full from the bottom of our state to the top. I see dynamic services on Sundays that set people on fire the other six days of the week. I see the greatest businessmen that have ever lived in the world. Some of the most creative business women that have ever lived in the state of California. I see the greatest CEOs and executives, the greatest, the greatest dentists, the greatest uh, school teachers, the greatest, the greatest uh, uh, entrepreneurs. I see them coming out of the church. I see governors and mayors and judges.
being revived and changing the landscape of our land. I see Hollywood making movies that honor God. I hear, I see musicians writing music that honors Jesus. What do you see, Mark? I see it. It's as real as you are. What do you see? Where does faith come from? It comes from God. What do you see when you close your eyes? Some ways, that's the most important part of your future, is what you see. Thirdly, write this down. We don't just see it, we pray it. It's not enough to see. Seeing the future without including God in prayer is wishful thinking. I'm not a wishful thinker. I'm a, I'm a God advocator. And if God, you want to turn California right, right side up, you're not going to do it because of me. You're going to do it in spite of me. You don't need Mark Francie or Rochelle to, to, to lead revival. We're going to be a small part of what God does here. But you mark my words. Prayer is powerful. He said, nevertheless, at your word. He, he actually let God put faith on the inside of him to lead him to go out into the deep on the outside. I believe that we pray in faith. I remember years ago, you guys still with me? I remember years ago, probably 10 years ago, I'm watching, my, I had a, a, a kid I was pastoring, he was a pro dirt bike racer, the best supercross racer from the state of Idaho. I would come to Anaheim at Angel Stadium for their races. I started following the series. There's a hundred professional dirt bike racers. Who's ever seen Supercross? A few of you guys? I'm watching it, and there's this rider, and I, I'm in the living room Saturday night, I'm, as I, I watched every Saturday night, and one Saturday night, they said, yeah, one of these riders, he actually lives in Laguna Beach. He's the only guy, he's one of the best in the world, and he's the only guy that lives in Orange County. And I said, Rochelle, come in here. She came into our living room in 2011, 12, and I said, babe, this guy lives in Laguna Beach. And it showed him riding mountain bike trails. And it showed him training in Laguna Beach. I said, babe, she said, what's the big deal? I said, babe, one day he's gonna go to our church. I'm gonna be his pastor. That guy's gonna serve Jesus. And literally, we would move here, and guess how good God is? I prayed for him that night. 10 years go by, didn't think of anything. I moved here, basically after seven, eight years, I move into my neighborhood in Rancho Mission Viejo, and you would never guess, out of 3.2 million people, his only friend in Orange County, really, and is actually is his best friend since they were kids, and is actually the manager of his dirt bike team, would be my neighbor, our garages faced each other. And it's a new neighborhood, so there's basically a twin-size mattress between us. And through my friend Mikey, I meet Cole Seeley. Guess who rides mountain bikes with Cole Seeley? Your boy. Guess who's pastoring Cole Seeley? Your boy. Guess who was here first service, got touched by God? Cole Seeley. We serve a God. That's, that's coincidence. 3.2 million people? That's a long range prayer, my friend. But we serve a God that reaches anybody, everybody. We partner with God. Come on, when we pray, we pray because God loves me. We pray because God is good. And we pray because there's something released when we agree with God in prayer. Are you, I, I gotta go just a little bit, little bit longer. Faith that doesn't just pray it, come on, it speaks it. Your words have the power to create. Some of you have to stop cursing what God wants to bless. Some of you have to stop talking negative about California. Every time you want to complain about this state, say, God, you're reviving it. God, you're raising up righteous people. 
You're demoting the wicked and you're raising up the righteous. My wife and I do this every week. God, you're preparing Esther's right now. Yeah, yeah. You're preparing some Hezekiah's right now. Some Josiah's that are going to change the landscape of our, of our state. You're ra- How many believe God's raising them up right now? There's some Moses God raising up right now in this state. Some of you are in this room. Faith speaks. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that which is, what, what is seen is not made of things that are visible. The Bible is very clear. There's power in our words. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three that if you speak to the mountain to be removed and cast into the sea, that it would do it if you would pray without doubting. There's something powerful. It says that God is the one that speaks those things that are not as though they were. He says, Abraham, you are the father of many nations. He didn't say you will be. He says you are. God speaks to those things that are not as though they were. He actually says in Joel, it says, let the weak say, why would you say you're strong when you're weak? Because God knows there's power in your words. You didn't give a, you weren't given a voice just to communicate. Listen to me. You were given a voice to create. Do you know that your spouse is a byproduct of the words that you speak over them? When you get married, you have two white canvases, and your words paint the picture of what your spouse becomes. Some of you are like, Mark, you, 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 you know, you're pretty good at what you do or whatever. I'll tell you what, I was a nobody from nowhere, wasn't even good at anything. And I had a wife that knew how to pray. And I had a wife that knew how to, to call the greatness out of, my, out of me. She saw past my dirt. She said, Mark, you're going to be one of the great leaders in the world. Mark, you're going to be one of the great preachers in the world. Mark, you're going to be a revivalist. Mark, there's going to be thousands. You're going to be like Billy Graham one day, Mark. And I'm not saying I'm going to be, but my wife thinks so. And I'm telling you this. You get a woman. You get a husband that starts declaring, babe, you're creative. Rochelle, you are a leader of leaders. You're a, you're a pastor of pastors. You're a, you're a revivalist. You're the greatest CEO. You're the greatest husband. Use your words, not just to communicate. Use them to create. The reason why some of you live in a negative life is you can't live a positive life with negative words. You're stupid. You're an idiot. I hate you. This younger generation is being programmed to use their words in a joking fashion and curse people with them. I dare you to change your words and watch how it changes your reality. Speak it. And I'll go last one. Is not only does faith hear from God, it, it sees it, it, it prays it, it speaks it. Listen to me. Faith goes the, la- the last action. It starts to act on it. I believe some of you didn't hear me very clearly. Is it close? Some of you, God's putting a seed of faith in your heart, and you got to take some actions. Some of you, it's getting water baptized. Some of you, it's actually buying a Bible. Live in a $5 million house, you can buy a Bible. Come on. Maybe maybe start getting involved in the church. My, my fear is I believe there's many deceived Christians in California that think that they would be willing to die for their faith. I mean, if I asked right now, I mean, there's a lot of you that are like Peter, like, I would never deny Jesus. But if the government came on the, the loudspeaker, in, the loudspeaker, <laughs> on the bus, <laughs> everyone's getting the barcode, mark of the beast. You got to get it or you're going to die. If, if that happened, I know that the room is full of some ambitious people that are like, I would never do that. I would die for Jesus. I think many of you are deceived. Because if you can't, if you're willing to die for Jesus, but you can't give him 10% of your income, you're deceived. 
You're willing to die for Jesus, but you won't go to a small group. You're deceived. You're willing to die for Jesus, but you don't read your Bible, and you hardly go to church. I'm just, I'm, I'm being, I'm trying to be nice. Come on. But I'd rather smack you with some truth than kiss you with a bunch of lies. I'm telling us, if we're going to one day be willing to give everything for this thing, we have to go all in right now. God, make my inside as full of faith as my outsides. You stand to your feet. I'm, I'm finished. I heard once C.S. Lewis said it this way. He talked about how sometimes you don't know the quality of your faith. You really don't believe something until the truth or the falsehood of it is life or death. He says it's easy to believe that a rope is strong and sound when it's just holding or dragging small things. But suppose you had to go on that rope and hang from it over a cliff. How many of us would reevaluate the integrity and how trustworthy the rope is? I want to challenge us, Orange County. We're not going to have shallow faith. We're going to have, let's launch out into the deep. Let's catch so many stinking human beings in the state of California. I'm going to see witches come into this church and get saved, warlocks, atheists, agnostics, Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims. This is a zone that God can encounter anybody. you believe it? Let's wrap this up today. Can I just ask you real quick, how many say, Mark, being really honest with you, I want my insides to be as full of faith as my outsides. I want to be the same person on Sunday at 11 a.m. as I am on Friday night. I don't want to be a chameleon Christian that when I'm around my church friends, I act churchy, I act, I hang out with my Sodom and Gomorrah buddies, and I revert to that. I want to be who I am all the time. Orange County is looking for some people that have real full-time faith. Anyone want to be a full-time believer? I know we have a lot of part-time Christians in California. But I think God is calling some, come on, full-time, full-time commitment. Today, how many would say, Mark, would you pray for me? Very honest, I'm not, no rocks being thrown. I was not a reader my whole life. It's funny, I did like two real book reports my whole life. And now I do a book report every Sunday. But listen, I wasn't a reader growing up. And my pastor, Chris Wilde, prayed for me. He said, I pray that, Mark, you become a voracious reader of God's word. That you begin to read books and have an appetite to learn and grow. I believe that some things aren't taught, they're caught. And I want to pray today, even for some of you that don't like to read, that you'd start carving out five or ten minutes before you scroll on Facebook, you get your face in this book. Can I pray for us today that we would not only be, listen, not only will we be listeners, we'd be readers. How many want to get some more faith? You want more faith? If you have a Bible physically or a a phone, would you just put it in the air today as as a prophetic sign? We're going to be people that actually honor God. We're going to honor God. Five minutes. I would encourage you to start with one chapter of Proverbs, one chapter of Psalms, and one chapter out of the New Testament. You do that every day, you'll read through the Bible faster than you think. Probably read through the Bible like once every 14 months. You just read three chapters a day. Bible's up, phone's up, come on, all over the room. Would you just pray this today? Say, God, I want more faith. Would you invade me? with a new desire to read your word with faith. I don't want to just believe. I want to have faith. Change me. Fill me. Invigorate me with faith. In Jesus' name.
I want you to put your hand on your heart or your Bible on your heart right now. Come on, how many want God's dreams, to see God's dreams when you close your eyes? God, I pray today for every businessman, businesswoman. I pray for every educator, politician. I pray for, Lord, those that are in the business sector, the church space, the entertainment industry. God, give us eyes to see what, you're, what you want the future, the future that you want us to believe you for. Give us dreams and visions of influencing our coworkers, our classmates, those that are our employees, our bosses, our colleagues. God, I pray that today you would give us eyes to see the future that you see for California. We are not retreating from this state. We're invading this state. Again, Orange County in Southern California, it belongs to Jesus. Hell, you got to go. We're going to invade this space. So, Lord, today we declare that we're going to take this mountain, and each of us are going to take it by seeing God's future. Today, give us eyes to see, and I pray that you would give us a heart to pray. How many want to go to a new, new level of prayer? Come on, with a hand on your heart, put a hand in the air. God, I pray you would make us people that would love to talk to you. We would, we would share our dreams, our desires, our, our needs, our worries. God, even the things that we're excited about. Lord, make us men and women that love to pray. And I pray today, how many just feel like, God, I, 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 need, you to, I need you to clean my vocabulary up. I'm not just talking about cussing. A lot of people cuss, whatever. But I believe that God wants to literally wash us from top to bottom. I believe that God wants to enlarge our vocabularies. And he wants us to give us words that are full of faith. Words that create and not kill. How many say, Mark, would you pray for a revival with my words? Revive my vocabulary. I'm not going to be a gossiper. I'm not going to be a slanderer. I'm not going to be a backbiter. I'm not going to curse people. I'm not going to be a, a hater. I'm going to be full of faith. I wish the whole church was like Katie Ewell. Katie could make anybody great. <laughs> Katie's the most encouraging She's everybody's biggest fan. I believe a lot of people can learn from Katie's example. We're going to cheer people on. Brooks the same way. I'm telling you, we're going to be a church full of encouragers. If you're here today and you say, Mark, I want my words to line up with God's. Would you mean prophetically put both hands towards heaven? I think as Americans, we should probably all respond to this. And it's not just what comes out of your mouth. It's what you post with your fingers. It's the slanderous things you say in comments. It's the little gossiping threads that you have behind people's backs. God, we commit to be people that line our words up with your promises. We're not going to be like the children of Israel that spend 100 years in the desert. God, we're going to get there in 12 days. God, I pray that like Caleb and like Joshua, we would be believers. We're not complainers, not grumblers. We're not negative. We're not cynical or jaded. God, give us the vocabulary of faith. How many want that today? Anybody? Is it just me today? I know. Anybody want the vocabulary of faith? God, make my inside full of belief, full of faith. Change my outside. If you're here today, if you need a healing in your body, I'm going to pray right now for healing. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, you can do that too. Be out of here in two minutes. If you're here today, if there's a miracle, I believe many of you got healed in the, in, the, in the top of our service. Watching online right now, someone that just got a pacemaker, doctor gave you a bad prognosis that you're going to die, even with the pacemaker, didn't fix the problem. God says, even though the doctor couldn't fix it, I can fix it. And I see God healing someone's heart, specifically, 
they, they put a pacemaker in it and didn't do its job the way it's supposed to and God's going to heal your heart I pray Lord for the 55 year old businessman that's kind of on a crossroads right now you're getting ready to make a decision that's going to bless you or hurt you and I pray today that the love of God would push you into the right space not going to compromise thank you Jesus if you need healing in your body just lift your hands all over today I pray for mental illness I pray Lord for chronic arthritis I pray for those that have sciatic pains I pray for today Lord for those that have um, even issues God with um, like even like uh, nerve damage in their body I pray today that you would heal cancer heal I pray for the lady that's struggling with bulimia that you would heal her mind anorexia heal her mind I pray for the guy that's addicted 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 I pray that you would set him free we believe that you can do it over time and we also believe you can do it in a moment so all over Orange County if you believe that God can heal say Lord I receive touch from heaven Holy Spirit heal me everywhere I'm sick bound and hurting I invite you in, in Jesus name and one last time if you're here you didn't raise your hand in the beginning but God's doing a work in your heart right now and you say Mark I, was, I, I need to I need to get right with God today like really there's some men in here that you've been holding on your pride's been getting in the way you haven't you've never lifted your hands in a church service and say God I want you in my life today's the day my friend if you're here and you say Mark I want to live a life of faith would you pray for me that I would get right with God right here, right now? If you've never known him or you walked away and you're ready to come home, all over the tents and online, you can write heart online. If you're in the tents, I want you to raise your hand. If you didn't raise it, there was 21 that already raised it this, this service. If there's a few more though, I feel like there's at least six more that you didn't raise your hand in the beginning. God's knocking at your heart right now and I'm gonna be done. I'll, I'll stop. But I want you to raise your hand on the count of three, Lord. I pray everyone that's supposed to respond would respond in Jesus' name. One, that's why you're here today. Two, don't miss this moment. There's six of you at least. Three, would you just raise it? I, I want to get right with God right here, right now. Thank you. Thank you. Three, four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Six. Seven. Eight. Awesome. Eight. Awesome. 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 Okay. Ocean, let's pray for those eight people. Say, Jesus, I invite you. I believe that you're alive so fill me heal me and lead me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus name you pray that prayer will get you a Bible come on say amen come on give me a hand clap I love you guys thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week